Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. How are we all? I hope we're well. Appreciate you being with me. And you know I'm late on purpose, right? You do know that. You know I sit here chuckling to myself as it hits half past eight and people say, oh, he's late again. This man. I'm late on purpose. Gotta keep him hungry. You know? And obviously, you know, look at me. I know about being hungry, you know? So look, lads, there's loads to get through tonight. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I didn't sleep too much last night. I was still trying to figure out how on earth we won that game. Now, I'll take it. I'm over the moon with it. But I'm still trying to figure out exactly how on earth Liverpool won that game yesterday. And you know what? We could probably replay that game a hundred times and never figure out a way to win it. But cometh the hour, cometh the Darwin. And that's why I'm late. I was out in the back garden building my Darwin statue and it took a little bit of time, more than I thought. So that's why I'm a minute or two late tonight. Right. Good recovery yesterday, excellent win, but reinforcements still needed. Well, as you can see, look at the yellow bar on the bottom of the screen. We have added a transfer window countdown clock. And yes, TikTok, John. TikTok, where's the money? Because I don't know about you guys, we can't allow yesterday... Um, we can't allow yesterday gloss over the deficiencies in our squad. We can celebrate it, and we will. We can gloat about it. And we will. We can tell their assistant manager Tyndall to go fuck himself. And we will. But most importantly, we do need to get in signings, right? We need to bring in a centre-back. We need to bring in a, a central midfielder before the window slams shut. Now, tonight, we're going to look at a couple of things. There's a potential swap deal that has been muted between ourselves and Ron for uh, Fiete. They're apparently interested in Joel Matip, so I don't know if there's something to be doing there. We will, of course, keep an eye on the Mohamed Salah situation. Quick question for anybody in the chat. Um... Does anybody know what time Salah's having his medical at in Dubai today? Because according to all those big-mouthed Saudi accounts, that was his last game yesterday. He was travelling to Dubai today to complete a medical, was he not? Where's the medical, dickheads? Oh, that's right. You're talking out your backside again. Yeah, lots of this, not enough of this. 
Uh, where are they all? Where are all of you journalists in that part of the world that were telling us that Mohamed Salah is going to be in Dubai today having a medical? How do you like the apples, dudes? How do you like the apples? They's a little bit bitter, do they? You lying fucks. He's not going anywhere. Unless you pony up a lot more dough. And it will take a lot more dough than the measly 100 million that we're seeing mentioned. 100 million doesn't buy you Mohamed Salah's left boot. So, if you really want them, Saudi, stop being cheap. Maybe you've been hanging around with John too much. If you want Mo, you're going to have to pay serious wage. Or if not, continue on with your tin pot league. And we'll continue on watching Mohamed Salah do his thing in the greatest league in world football. Which definitely is not the Saudi Pro League. Um, I'd learned doubters to believers lesson again, said EBM. Thank you for your super chat, mate. Full of piss and wind, said Papa Smurf. I love that, Papa. Well in. Yeah, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all these gobby... Do you remember, like, the Qatar stuff? The Qatar had bought and sold Liverpool about four times at one point, according to some of these non... Let's just say non... Um, Non-neutral accounts that have a vested interest in bigging up a certain... Certain country, league, and a part of the world. So... He's not having a medical, is he? So you're full of shit, yet again. But I wouldn't rule out another offer coming in before the window closes. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you wholeheartedly, I know for a fact Salah isn't going anywhere, but I can sit here and tell you wholeheartedly that they were talking out their backsides about that medical in Dubai. Send it to the island. Will we send it to the island? Will we send that Mohamed Salah Dubai medical a little over, what was that you say? Where is it? It's just off the coast of France. We finally found it. El Bullshit Islando, off the coast of France. So off you go. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of them. They've no respect. Sick of them. Oh, and speaking of no respect, Tyndall, you twat. <laughs> oh, sh sh Tyndall, shh, shh. How do you like those apples, Tyndall? Huh? 2 1 at your own gaff with 10 men. <laughs> Oh, it was just beautiful, lads. I could watch that game back yesterday over and over and over again. It, it was all kinds of glorious. And do you know what? Do you know what was the difference maker in that game? There's two things that happened against Newcastle yesterday. That's the reason why we won that game. Number one, the gobshy took off Anthony Gordon. Anthony Gordon was absolutely roasting Trent and was having a great game yesterday. And he took him off. Because he was being so passive that it played into our hands. And I can't believe Eddie Howe did that. He had 60 minutes to score a second goal against 10 men. And he takes off the one player that was really ripping us apart. It was like a godsend. Liverpool's confidence then grew. Jurgen Klopp's substitutions were absolutely immense yesterday. I won't lie to you. When he was making them, hadn't got a Scooby-Doo what he was doing. Hadn't got a clue why he was setting people up, where he was sending the lads to play. But Jota, Elliot, they came on. They were brilliant. And of course, Darwin Nunes as well. Darwin Nunes spoke for himself yesterday. Absolutely arrowed one into the bottom corner past Nick Pope. And he wasn't satisfied with that. He wasn't satisfied with telling the Newcastle faithful to shut up once. He had to do it twice. And I don't know about you, but as soon as he got through, put through for the second one, I knew only too well where it was going. Back of the net. Because Darwin's a confidence player. And you could see yesterday, his confidence was soaring. So, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Great finish as well. And uh, delighted for Darwin. Oh, 
Here we go. Fabrizio Romano has said, Al Ithi had a short list of defenders. Liverpool's Joe Gomez is very high on that list. Alithi had, like Gomez, as a versatile player who can play anywhere across the back line. Liverpool is insistent, no intention to sell, very important player, blah, blah, blah. Here, come here to me, Alithi had. Stop it. Stop it now. You're like that. You're like the Todd Bowley of football clubs. Stop it. You can't afford Joe. You can't afford Mo. Stop it. You can't have everything you want, lads. Trust me. You're not having them. Time to make Darwin apologies as loud as the hate. 2-1. By the way, Tyndall, hope you've had a good day. Currently my colleague, uh, currently in my college accounting class, said Colin. Colin, can you do me a favour when you finish class? Can you scoot on up to Boston and show John W. Henry how to actually spend money? Because clearly his accountancy accountancy firm only knows one way and that's uh, to not spend it. So maybe Colin can help him out and thank you for your super chat. So what do you want to start off with tonight? Do we want to even entertain this nonsense from Alithi had about Joe Gomez? I mean, we can discuss it if you want, but ultimately, we all know that Alithi had at this point are all fur coat and no knickers. You know, they're all this. That's all they are, just mouthpieces. If you want Mohamed Salah, dig deep, bitches, or you're not getting them. Seventy-five million for Gomez. Look on the Gomez stuff. At the start of the window, beating your hand off for a big offer for Joe Gomez. But anybody coming in now, they're just taking the piss because we need a defender, not to get rid of one. I don't know if uh, Alithi had or um, not paying attention, but right now Liverpool have two centre backs not available for next week's game against Aston Villa, and they're Virgil Van Dijk and Ibrahim Kanade and. We need Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez, Joe Matip, Gerald Kwanzaa need to all be available and fit because, well, we've got nobody else at the minute. And therein lies a big problem. And if this doesn't wake up John W. Henry and those spoofers at FSG to the fact that we are already walking a tightrope for availability, I don't know what will. Apparently, they didn't learn their lessons the season where we had to bring in Ozan Kabak and Ben Davies. Apparently, they didn't learn their lesson last season when we didn't bring in a midfielder and we were exposed there. And now we're only into the fourth game of the season coming up against Villa. And already, because of suspension and an injury, we're down to the bare bones. So, in what world do we not need a centre-back? I've seen lots of stuff today in the media and all of it talking about a midfielder. And all of it then leading on to say that maybe Liverpool will look to address the defensive crisis in another window. It needs to be done now. In fact, it needed to be done back at the start of the window. The fact that it's dragged on this long is an indictment of John W. Henry yet again. Liverpool can't afford to be selling any defenders right now. We need to be buying defenders right now. So, tick-tock, John. Four days, two hours, 17 minutes, 22 seconds. And we know you have the money, you cheap clown, because you tried to give it to Todd Bowley, remember? But they didn't want your money, John. No, you didn't. You tried to give it to Brighton, sorry, for a player that Todd Bowley bullied you on. My apologies there, John. I forgot you were... I forgot you were, um... <laughs> cook-olded by a different male, mate. Sorry, my apologies. There will be no more signings, said Bricktop. There has to be. There just has to be. Like, even entertaining no more signings is a joke. Is that my missus? Somebody out there having a rave out the front. Um, lads, this is mental. How are we here? 
And what are we doing? Like, there's loads of positivity right now. And I'm here for it. And we'll talk about it. But again, like I said with the Mohamed Salah stuff the other day, we can't allow this to be a distraction. We can't allow this to be a situation where we don't get the reinforcements we need. And the clock's ticking. Tick tock. Uh, so let's start with the first poll of the night. I do love a good poll, by the way. So I'm going to ask you how many more signings before the window closes. So, how many more signings before Friday at 11 p.m.? That's going to be the question. Oh, it's not. Look, I appreciate that you're all uh, hurriedly writing answers, but it's going to be a poll, so you'll get to vote on it. Right, there you go. Question simply is, how many more signings before Friday at 11pm? And uh, don't mind the fact that I wrote that and it says Menti more. It says Menti more because I can't type. But basically, how many more signings before Friday at 11? And that's when the window closes, by the way, is Friday 11pm for us. I don't know what Menti is, but excuse the fact that I uh, forgot to get rid of the letter N there. Menti. How many Menti more? How many Menti Y more? Many menti why more signings. Right, so zero so far is winning the poll with 41%. One with 31% and 27%. Look, we need two. And anything less than two is a shithouse of a window. Because uh, I don't know how many more. <laughs> this is why I don't write the polls. Because I'm a one finger merchant with the keyboard. You know that <clears throat> that's me. I'm one of them. Um, yeah, we need a central midfielder and we need a centre-back. Do you know what? I'm going to say we need a centre-back more than we need a midfielder at this point. Yeah, I'm going to say it. We need a centre-back more than we need a midfielder at this point because if you look at midfield and our options, the four attacking midfield players that we have can cover the two positions. So you've got Elliot, you've got Jones, you've got Sobitzlai and you've got Gakpo. Or excuse me, Sobitzlai and McAllister. And Gakpo can also drop in and play there. So the number six position, we've got Endo and we've got Bajcetic. Bajcetic can also be used in a different way. So I would argue that with Thiago as well, we've got enough there at a push if we're only scrambling for one more signing. But we are short defensively in a massive way. And we're already exposed there because Van Dijk has one game suspension. That might go higher if... Uh, they feel like him not leaving the pitch or what he said to the referee was um, over the top, then we could see Virgil van Dijk get an extra game on his suspension. So what we know right now is that Ibrahim Kanade is out until after the international break. So he should be back for the Wolves game. Virg, as we sit here, yes, we think he's back for the Wolves game. But if that suspension is added to because of his uh, reluctance to leave the pitch after his red card, I couldn't argue against it. I'll be honest with you, I couldn't. 
you can make an argument as to him not being sent off, but I couldn't uh, I couldn't put up an argument if he does get in added to a two game ban. I couldn't because he didn't leave the pitch. Um and he was being a little bit I don't want to say he was gobby because I don't know what he was saying, but there would be sufficient grounds for it to be a potential um two game ban for me. I think we're okay in midfield, but a centre back is a must, said Colin. Um, I'm the same. I think a centre-back is definitely a must. And if this doesn't show our owners that it's a must with the fact that we, well, we're now down to the bare bones already. Now look, Daryl Kwanzaa, I think he played very well when he came on. And that's to his own credit. And of course, the Jurgen's credit for trusting him. So well done to, to Jared on that. I think Jared was a, an amazing breakthrough in this preseason. But again, it's asking a lot if Verge picked up an injury or Canada's out again to, to expect Matip, Gomez and Gerald Kwanzaa to come in and, and get us through whatever that period of time is because I'm still not sold on Matip and Gomez. Although, fair play to both lads yesterday, they were a lot better than they were in pre-season. Endo can play centre-back and Stefan and CDM for Villa, said Lloydy. Um, I mean, it's... It's a possibility. It is, mate. I, I'm very intrigued to see what way Jurgen Klopp does go, Lloydie, with the um, with the centre back selections for the game against Aston Villa. Uh, one quick thing, by the way, I promised you guys a members only video today. A little bit of a breakdown or a little bit of an insight into the game yesterday against Newcastle that is already uploaded. So if you are an Anfield Agenda FC member or an Anfield Agenda Ultra member, that video is there for you. It's going to be part of a. Uh, it's going to be part of the extra stuff you get for your um, membership and there'll be another one after the Villa game and again moving forward we'll do it after the day after every game so keep your eye out for that one um, and also I want to give a shout out to our new segment Squad Bottle which we launched for the first time yesterday it's always tough to put a video in that slot because they don't get a notification your watch along gets a notification your match reaction and the player ratings but the fourth video is always the one that uh, gets shafted in that regard. So hopefully it's something that grows over time. We hope you enjoyed it. We're working on ways to make it more visually sexy. Um, and there's going to be another new segment added this week ahead of the game. And it's going to be called Squad Battle The Debate. And we're going to bring on an Aston Villa fan. We're going to look at five areas of the pitch where I think there's going to be interesting battles. Myself and the Villa fan will debate who we think will come out on top in those five areas. And then at the end of it, we'll come up with a combined Liverpool-Aston Villa 11. And then after the game, we'll see what happens. We'll see who was right and who was wrong. But that is going to be part of the preview segments on the channel as well. So squad battle, the debate will be coming up later on in the week. Right, I love Mo, but if he wants to go, I take that... I think he meant to say 150 instead of 15p straight away because it might hinder us more if, if uh, we stood in his way. His motivation may not be there, said Aaron. Rick Owen said, clubs won't sell quality with only four days left. They will, but you will pay through the nose for it, mate. And this is one of the reasons why I've said all along, I don't understand why Liverpool are, are doing this, are, are going so late into the window to try and... Find another place or two. And do you know what else I don't understand? Any of this nonsense around the fact that we might not need these extra signings. We clearly do. Don't let yesterday or anything else fool anyone. We need to bring in more players. We won't have enough bodies to get through this season. We've got rid of eight and brought in three. Whichever way you look at it, that is not a squad rebuild. So the media guff over the last 24, 48 hours about one or two more signings. 
or one more signing, excuse me, is, is bollocks, quite honestly. We need to get a second one in. And I don't know what Klopp's at. I don't. I, I don't understand how we're in this position where we've allowed the, the window to ghost by again. I know how FSG have allowed it to happen because we all know how cheap John is. Uh, VVD Red, blessing in disguise, could force a signing, said Sashin. I hope the whole situation, Sashin, forces a signing. So the fact that Virgil and Canade are already out for various reasons, one for a sending off, one for an injury. And we're only in, we've only had three games so far this season. So there's another 35 to go. Um, Kim said, what is FSG doing? How many more excuses? See, they just go quiet, Kim. But you'll see a pattern coming up now over the next few days. You'll see promises of investment. You'll hear talk about the search for that investment. You'll hear about the January window, Kim. You'll hear about the future windows. But what you won't hear is the sound of John W. Henry's biro going onto a check as he signs it to bring Jurgen Klopp in the reinforcements he needs because John is cheap. And I'm going to keep saying it, John, because I know you're cheap. You really are cheap, aren't you, John? You're cheap. Uh, thank you and your team for all that you do, said Darth Cannabis. Make no need to thank me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, the team, by all means, I get the glory of being in front of camera, but the guys in the background do work hard. Endo performance. Good question, Mick, and I'm glad you brought it up. So thank you. Thank you for your super chat, Mick Anderson, and thank you for your question. Um, a difficult one to gauge for Endo, isn't it? Because God love him. He's been playing in two games where we've been down to 10 men. Um I thought at the start he looked okay. He did intercept some Newcastle play through midfield. He broke the line on one occasion that I can remember. Picked out a forward pass. But, yeah, it, he did struggle when the game went on. And that's okay. He's going to have to get up to speed. But I'm not going to sit here and say he was absolutely phenomenal. He wasn't. He was okay. Um, but it'd be nice for him to be able to you know, play in a game where Liverpool have 11 players for the entire game. But... I think it's a fair shout yesterday, Mick. Of all the people who rightly deserve praise from that performance, Endo wasn't great and Trent was absolutely horrendous. And I can't be clear enough about that. Trent was shite. All kinds of pants. Horrible. Terrible. But again, people will tell me that I'm deluded when he has a good game in three weeks' time that Trent isn't a problem. Trent is a problem. And he's a problem for the reason that nobody knows where his best position is. Because if you're going to play him at right back... He has to stay at right back. This drifting into central position is great when things are going our way. But it does leave a lot of space. And we're already without Canade to cover that space. So now we're relying on either a Joe Gomez or a Joe Matthew or Gerald Kwanzaa to come in and fulfill that role. And you're not even getting the benefit of Trent's forward passing at the minute. All we're getting is teams having a huge corridor. And Anthony Gordon tore him apart yesterday, time after time after time. And then Almiron was coming in on the other side. So we need to sort out what's going on with Trent. Because I feel like we're halfway between him being a midfielder and a defender. And we're not seeing the benefit of it as a team. The best channel in the world. Love everyone involved here, said Alex. Thank you, mate. Appreciate you. I'm trying to go through all these comments just to make sure I haven't missed any. There's mix one. Sorry, lads. I'm just trying to go through. VVD Red helped Trent change his mindset getting captain. Helped him. Um, he was certainly less bad in the second half, Liam. 
I wouldn't say Trent was a big impact on why that game changed personally. I thought Jada, Elliot made a huge difference when they came on. I thought Mohamed Salah worked incredibly hard yesterday. Um, and look, Darwin was just amazing, wasn't he? Uh, Chris, welcome to Anfield Agenda Ultras, my friend. Appreciate you joining up and uh, look forward to seeing you in the Discord group. And look, what's mad about yesterday with Trent was you can make an argument over his first yellow. It should have been a free kick. Everybody agrees with that. But when it wasn't a free kick, throwing the ball away is, well, that's a yellow. The fact he stayed on the pitch was, he was very fortunate. He really was. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking when he took out Anthony Gordon when he was trying to go past them. Suicide, trying to do that that early in the game. Because if he got sent off yesterday, we're, again, we're in all kinds of trouble. But don't worry, our actual captain stepped into that role. And by the way, I look back over this, the the, uh, the Virgil van Dijk red card situation. And here's the conclusion that I came to. When we play against a team like Chelsea or Newcastle and they, they get two players who hug the width of the pitch, whether it was Reese James and Chilwell for Chelsea or yesterday whether it was Almiron, Gordon for Newcastle, that causes us all kinds of problems because it stretches out our defence and the space between our two centre-backs you could drive a double-decker bus through. Now remember back to when we played Real Madrid and Karim Benzema uh, spoke about the fact that they'd worked on getting in between the two centre-backs because there was a lot of space there. It was the same yesterday. Have a look at what happened for that goal. Or, excuse me, for the red card. Verge looks over his left shoulder to have a look to see, one, if there was another player there from the opposition, and two, if Robbo was there to cover. But he never got his body position right, and that allowed Newcastle to feed that ball through to Isak, and then Verge had the decision to make. He left it a split second too late, in my opinion, and he ended up going across the body of Isak, and that's what landed him in trouble. So... We need to figure that out because it's a tactic that any team with width uses against us. Stretches out our defence and then that space between our two centre-backs is there to exploit. Uh, Mark LFC UK, thank you buddy for gifting a membership. That has gone to uh, Namon. Right, let me get back and give you guys some more information. Um... Hazard, by the way, Eden Hazard's apparently decided to retire. Um, yeah, so looks like Eden Hazard doesn't want to run around anymore, so looks like he's retiring. Uh, Jordan Hunabel, welcome to Anfield Agenda Ultras, mate. Appreciate you upgrading your membership. So, did you guys see the link to Jared Bowen for a potential Mohamed Salah replacement? I want to see what your response is in the chat to this, so... Just going to end this poll now, but basically 38% of you guys think zero signings, 31% two more signings, and 29% one more signing. I'm going to ask you now about Jared Bowen. Right, simply just ask, would you take Jared Bowen as a Salah replacement? Yes or no? Up to you guys to figure it out. Um, it's a weird one for me. I would lean to no, 
But I do rate Jared Bowen, and that's why I say it's a weird one for me. Because I think he's an underappreciated player, and I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. But I don't know if I take him for a Mohamed Salah replacement, because I don't think he has enough pace. Okay, sorry. Um, I'm just filling myself in on, on so. So apparently, there's a mistake in the league table that says Burnley has played once or something like that. That's a whole lot of Connor's fault. So if there is a mistake on the league table, I will make the lads aware of it. Um, thank you for pointing it out to me, Mark. But um, ultimately, I don't really care about Burnley in the league table. Um, sorry, a couple more things. Colin said, you and I were talking about Bowen yesterday. Um, I like Bowen. I rate Bowen. That goal that he scored against Brighton was one hell of a finish as well, at the pace he was going at. Uh, Rachel Todd, welcome to Anfield Gender FC. Wonder Niatanga said, disagree on the red. Trent would have marked Gordon instead of jumping off the way if he hadn't got a yellow. The space between the centre-halves had nothing to do with it. Well, you're wrong. Um... But that's okay. You're, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. Um, mine just happens to be backed up by ex-professionals who were talking about the very same thing. But um, I don't understand how Trent being on a yellow stopped them from being able to mark Gordon. I, I don't get that. Trent should have been able to do that regardless if he was on a booking or not. I, I, he should have tracked them. I, I don't get that point. Um But it was down to Virgil's mistiming and his misreading of it because of his body shape. He was a split second too late and Isak was through. Um, and it, look, I think it was a red card. I, I think it was a fair red card. And Virgil's ran the risk a few times for me, uh, wondering Niatanga, with little shoves and little pushes and little snidey things he's gotten away with. Because I don't want to say he's lazy, but it comes across sometimes like he... He's too nonchalant in how he does things. But again, understand we don't always agree, buddy. That's okay. Um, I just think that yesterday and at other times, our two centre-backs are too easily split. And the amount of goals we can see through the centre, be the a ball over the top or somebody just dancing through our midfield and opening up our defence, is too easy for my liking. Uh, Craig, what do you think of Coleman from Bayern as a possible Salah replacement? I'd be concerned about his injury track record. Very good player. Um, pace to burn. But if I'm not mistaken, he's, he's got a bit of a sketchy track record with the old injuries. Uh, I don't understand it. One more centre-back injury and we're in big trouble. Should already have signed a midfielder now. We need a centre-back. Don't think we get either, said Jordan Hunnable. Um... Mate, this whole window has been a, a complete fuster cluck. It's been, it's been a joke. Can I be frank about that? It's been a joke. How do you sign two players in week one and do nothing pretty much for the whole rest of the window other than half-arsed replacing of two midfielders that you lost? It doesn't make any sense to me. So we went out there, obviously, and we brought in two great players at the start of the window. And I know Klopp says that the 
late departures of Fabinho and Henderson was a surprise to him. And I'll give him Henderson as a surprise. But I'm not having that Fabinho as a surprise because I knew about it six weeks before it happened. At least when I say I knew about it, I mean I knew that there was going to be interest on an offer. So I failed to believe that Jurgen Klopp hadn't at least been forewarned of the possibility of Fabinho moving on. My big question is though, who is responsible for this? Because you can't spend a year planning a window and do it so shambolically and execute it so poorly like we have. It isn't good enough. And the net spend, again, is a disgrace. You can't bring in, what did we spend? About 106? And we brought in 53? And this is a generational rebuild? And then look at the money that United, Arsenal and other clubs are spending. Look at the money City are trying to spend. Look at the money Villa are spending. We're a disgrace in that regard. We're a laughing stock. And it's because John W. Henry is cheap or because Jürgen is too stubborn. I don't know which is the answer. Maybe it's a bit of both. But it needs to be addressed because it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And look at the potential in that team already. Look at the spirit and the fight shown by them boys yesterday. That's to be admired. But it should also be backed up with support. It should also be backed up with players to keep them on their toes. Because, again, Verge has no competitor for his spot. Salah has no competitor for his spot. And Trent's biggest competitor is a kid. It's just not good enough. It's both, said Malcolm. I think that's fair, Malcolm. I think it is a little bit of both. Um, because there's a huge part of me that does believe that Jürgen's been very, very stubborn on certain things. Because it can't be a lack of availability in the window, which is one of his favourite excuses previously. Or being able to find somebody with attributes that we don't already have in the squad. I mean, he hides behind these very vague, open-ended statements at times. And... Ultimately, the maths doesn't lie. You remove eight players from a squad and add in three, you're not going to have the legs for the season. Even if they are younger players, even if potentially there's more minutes there, you're still an injury or two away from a crisis at all times. And you're still depending on youngsters to do a lot of the heavy lifting. And I don't think that's right. Would you take bonus a salary replacement? 76% of you guys so far have said no. 24% yes. I think we can end that poll because it's only going one way. Usyk cheats and Liverpool beats. There was no cheating about what Usyk did. Not one. Not, not an ounce of cheating. He's not the referee. He didn't call it a low blow. He didn't give him five minutes to recover, which is the rules for a low blow. And it was a low blow. It was an uppercut. It hit the cup and then ended up going to the waistband. And either way, he got up and he knocked the quitter out. Because there was a quitter, let's be honest. Straight jab again and he's given up. So, I, I don't, look, Usyk wasn't at his best by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I don't get this Dubois was robbed thing. Because first and foremost, we don't know if Usyk would have gotten up if there was a count. There was no count. He didn't need to get up. So in that regard, I disagree. But, you know, Dubois isn't going to win a world title until he removes some of that quitting nature. 
you know, there was arguments that he quit against Joe Joyce, and then people said, no, it was the eye socket, so we gave him the benefit of the doubt. Then there was the leg injury in the last fight, and then it was basically giving up, because he could have got it back up off the ground for that count, but he chose not to, and he was counted out. And that's the biggest indictment of Dubois that I've seen. Um, he just quit. World title fight, three belts on the line, and he quit. Do you think we'll sign another player? Yes. I have to think. I have to believe. Because if we don't, it's going to be a long season. A centre-back is the minimum requirement, said Tony Williams. So, with, all right, there's a good poll, actually. Which position would you like? Right, there you go. Simple question. Pick one. Centre-back or midfielder? Uh, Kimpembe as our centre-half. I don't... I'm not sold on Kimpembe. Um, I'm not. He's, he's too hit and miss for me. Uh, I do like Hincapia. He's the one for me. I, I hope we go back to Leverkusen and, and follow through with our interest in Hincapia because I really like the guy. And if we're, you know, if we are only going to bring in one player before the window closes, look, we hope for two. We need two. But if we do only bring in one, um, at least we don't have to worry about non-homegrown places or ages so we can just get the right player. So I hope Hincapia is the one that we go for. Oh, we really do need both. I'm, I'm looking through your comments and I completely agree. We definitely need both. But I just, I know I keep repeating the same thing and I'm sorry, but I don't understand how we're here. Like, the stupidity of not learning our lessons from previous seasons baffles me. It does. Like, we've had two lots of warnings about not having a deep enough squad and yet we still are going into a season with... An underprepared, underfilled squad. It's madness. Um, anyone saying Trent can play CDM needs a lobotomy? I've never understood that. Like, I would be petrified if Trent was playing in the number six on his own, like just solely as a defensive midfielder, because we'd be absolutely rinsed through the middle. He just doesn't have the, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's not fight, it's not balls. He doesn't have the gumption, maybe, to play that role. He, he just doesn't sniff out danger. He's too reactionary. He doesn't read the situation. Origi to Burnley. Grit, steel, either one, yeah. He just doesn't have the... He doesn't have the, the nous, the defensive nous to play in that position. You know, where he has to look both sides. Where he has to... He has to almost predict what's going to happen. And that's why defensive midfielders that are so good are worth their weight in gold. Because they sniff out this danger. Of 
Chutzpah. I like that one, AP. Chutzpah. There we go. Um, someone said we need to drop him for the next game, said Unsung. Problem is, who are we going to play next game? Because we already have Gomez and Matip fighting for the centre-back spots. Um, Bradley isn't back available yet. So there's not really a much cover unless you just push to go Gomez out to right back. But if you're pushing Gomez out to right back, he's not going to drop inside the central midfield and be that second number six because he's not capable of it. I think Maguire is decent. He's at the wrong club. Now stop it, Lloydie. Stop it now. I'm not having Harold come into Liverpool. Mate, we're already a laughing stock without signing Maguire. And I do get your point. He's better in a system with a back three. And he's better than he's shown at United. I'll give you that. But I'll never want to sign him, mate. Never. Uh, Darwin speaking about the fact that he's uh, talking with Marcello Bielsa and stuff as well. Said, he showed me some things in my games and corrected some things. It's very good talk. A lot of people told me he's a serious guy. Uh, it's a new national team set up. I hope it goes well for us. And also, Darwin had said, I don't speak much English. If they speak to me slower, I understand something. I'm taking classes twice a week for 40 minutes. So there you go. Hopefully Darwin gets up to speed. Thank you, Mark, for sending me on those quotes as well from Darwin. Um, Kwanzaa, I would love to see start. I think you meant versus Villa. I'm a Connor. Yeah, look, Kwanzaa's been Kwanzaa's been very pleasant surprise. Um, I like the cut of the man's jib. He carries himself very well. Um, confident but not arrogant. And his performances in pre-season and when he came on yesterday were certainly promising. You can understand why Jurgen has um, shown faith in him because that faith has been repaid so far. So yeah, brilliant for Gerald Kwanzaa and I hope he continues to progress. Calvin Ramsey, what was that signing for? Well, he's on loan at Preston and injured. He's had a really unlucky time since we signed him. Um, I don't know if it's growing pains or whatever, but he he's constantly just has these little injuries that have kept him out. So we haven't even gotten to see him on loan really yet to see how he'll get on. Then, of course, there's Connor Bradley, who I don't know why this injury is still dragging on or where this three-year contract extension that he was due to be signing is, but I think Connor Bradley is going to stay with the first team this season and I think he'll get some Europa League games in that Trent Alexander-esque right side position. Uh, Tamori, Craig, what do you think? Big fan. Thank you, Arlie. Um, I've not watched much of Tamori, to be fair. I don't really watch that many AC Milan games, uh, so I'm going to have to take your word for it. Now, last night I did watch Nice play Leon. I was on Thuram watch, obviously. And he was steady enough. Um, bit of a dull game, to be fair, but he was steady enough. Gomez to Saudi. Yeah, we, we talked about that earlier on, mate, that Elithi had were apparently in for Joe Gomez. So, does that mean Elithi had are going to have to come in now and give us, what, 250 million before the window closes for Joe Gomez and Mohamed Salah? Like, is there a number you guys would sell Mo in this window? I have a number. I won't lie to you. I have a number. 
So, so far, you guys are saying 78% that you'd like a centre-back. I'm going to leave that up for a little bit longer over a midfielder. Um, yeah, I've got a number I'd sell Mo for if he wants to go. Now, if Mo doesn't want to go and Mo has told Jürgen that he's no intention of going, then there isn't a number. But if Mo's interested, I have a number that I'd sell him for. Kwanzaa is 20, Saliba 22. Do you think he could have the same Saliba impact on LFC given the chance? I think this is Harvey's season. Um, it's a good good comparison. I like it, Nevelyn. Uh, I'm one of these people that prefers not to big up young players like himself and Bajetic when they initially come in because I want to I want them almost to go under the radar. Um, but look, Kwanzaa has very, very good attributes that it's easy to see how he could have an impact and like i've said before uh Nevelyn, this in a weird way could be a good season for us in that regard because of the europa league so bradley kwanzaa maybe kelleher um ben doke these players will get a lot of experience and minutes in the europa league and that will only stand us in good stead so Let's wait and see how he gets on when he goes up against that level of opposition. But a lot to like about young Gerald Kwanzaa for, for sure. Uh, I would sell Mo if it was earlier in the window and if there was a good amount of right wings on the market. So, right, let's tackle that Costello drums. And thank you for your super chat, mate. So let's tackle the Mohamed Salah situation for a moment. 150 is my number, by the way. That's what I'd sell Mo for. And I'm going to say something next that I don't think many of you will agree with me on. I wouldn't replace him in this window. If Mo was sold tomorrow, I wouldn't look to replace him before the end of the window. Because I think with a little tweak of system, um, maybe pushing Ben Doak into the first team set up a little bit more, I think we could cope. Because we have four good, versatile forwards at the club. And we're just going to be... We're just going to be fleeced if we try to replace them. So I would like to see Liverpool sit on it and then do something either next summer or in January and not even necessarily a like-for-like like replacement. Maybe something a little bit clever. Something something maybe down to Joe Felix type of route. Um, yeah. So I just wouldn't sell... Uh, I wouldn't replace him in this window if we sold him. We should replace him in two years and get a lease, said Titan. Does anybody know if there is a bio clause in Elise's new Crystal Palace deal? I've not read about it. I've read that obviously he's um, he's signed one, but I don't know what the... Sorry, I'm laughing at the question. Uh, are you on glue? No, I'm not on glue, mate, but... I've already given you my reasoning why I wouldn't replace him because we'd end up getting fleeced. And I don't want to panic by for such an important player we've potentially had to replace. Now, let me just cast your mind back to when we lost Felipe Coutinho before you all think I'm losing my damn mind. Remember when we lost Coutinho, what happened? People stepped up. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, in particular, stepped up. And my theory behind that is, when you've got somebody like Mohamed Salah, or you had somebody at that time like Felipe Coutinho, and I've mentioned this about Spurs and Harry Kane as well, so I'm not just thinking out my backside here. I think it's easy to think to yourself, 
give him the ball, give it to Mo or give it to Coutinho or give it to Kane and hope that they deliver the moment of magic. I think if Salah was to depart, which I don't want to happen, I think we would see other people grow into the roles at the club and step up. I'm not saying we never need to replace him, but I'm saying I think we could be more clever about doing it than trying to rush through something unless a very good opportunity came up. Somebody that, you know, the club wanted in a year's time but could move for now. In that case, by all means. But as I said, I said that Spurs should sell Harry Kane because I think it will get other players at Spurs to step up and take that role. Same when Coutinho left. I didn't say it when Coutinho left. I was furious when Coutinho left and I thought we were screwed. But the reaction from the rest of the group was very impressive. John Henry's uncle is Scrooge, but cheaper, said Matthew. Thank you. So yeah, that was my thought process. Not because I don't think Salah would lose us a load of goals if he went. Of course it would. It's Mohamed Salah. But we've seen people step up before and sometimes you get a nice, pleasant surprise. And to be fair to Oxlade-Chamberlain, that ACL at that time against Roma... It was crushing for his career at Liverpool because he was on a hot streak then. He was playing probably the best in his career. And that only happened because Coutinho moved. Uh, forwards don't always have to invert. Nunes doesn't score if he's going down the left yesterday. Nunes might be Salah's replacement, said Bugger Stay Salty. I'll take your word for your name. Um, yeah, look, there is this modern trend, isn't there, of, of wingers inverting. And it's weird. If you're having a centre-forward like Darwin... You'd nearly want your wingers to go around the outside to get those crosses in to give Darwin something to fight for. So I'm with you in that regard. It's uh, it's something that I think people get too caught up on. Oh, well, our right winger has to be a left footer. Not necessarily. Are Thiago and Bajcetic available for Aston Villa? Yes. So Jurgen Klopp said that Thiago and Jones should be back training and uh, under consideration from today. Bajcetic has been on the bench for the last two games, so he's definitely available. Uh, Saigon said, we'll have to pay out through our hole for anybody late in the window. I agree if Salah goes, give the lads a chance until January. It's, uh, it's how time moves on. That's what I was going with it, mate, exactly as you've said. Like, if we did it now, we'd end up basically just spending whatever we got for Salah on, on I don't know, pick a player. Let's say it was... Oh, Jesus, I don't know. Um, let's say we went for Nico Williams from Bilbao. You're going to end up having to spend basically what you got for Salah because it's so late in the window and any selling club would have a very good point to go. Are you mad? You want us to sell one of our best players this late in the window because you got shafted by Saudi. So, yeah, that's why I said I wouldn't replace him in this window. What about Trent in the right wing position if Salah left? It's not, like, somebody mentioned it the other day, Liam, and it's not the worst show because imagine the crosses Trent could put in from that wide area. And Trent could also cut inside and shoot. So, you know what, mate? It isn't the worst show. I'd feel far more comfortable with Trent doing that than playing in, in central midfield. But maybe I'm deluded. I don't know. Sobit Sly's natural position is right winger. He and Ben can share the position. Then get to Corey and Thuram now on a centre-back. Yeah, uh, Sobit Sly can absolutely play on the right, mate, as you've correctly said. Um, 
I think we had this conversation when we signed Sabatlai. People were talking about who will fill in for Mo in the AFCON when he's away. And I think I said at the time it'll be a mixture of exactly as you've said, Ben Doak and Sabatlai. The core looks like it will be very, very, very expensive at this moment in time. Doesn't mean it can't be done. But for a club that have been praised for how we do our transfer business, again, I'm going to say this has been the height of stupidity because we are now, what have we got? Four days, one hour, 36 minutes and 24 seconds until the window slam show. And anybody is going to be inflated in price now. Anybody. Could Jada play on the right? Yes. Look, our four forwards are extremely versatile. And they're no bird's eye potato waffle now, but they are extremely versatile. They don't go with eggs in, eggs on, bacon, lamb chops, grill and bacon, fry and eat them, bird's eye potato waffles. But they are capable of playing in any of the advanced positions. Benjamin Pavard can play right back as well. I don't rate Pavard. And if I'm not mistaken, he wants to go to Italy. I think AC or Inter Milan rings a bell to me that Pavard had had options to come to England. I think weren't United one of those options, but I'm almost certain I read an article the other day that said Pavard wants to go to Italy. I can't remember if it, which one of the Milan clubs it was, but I'm fairly certain it was one of the Milan clubs. Liverpool should get Amrabat. Um, we don't... Well, look, we've been told plainly by many, many journalists today that Liverpool are looking for a midfielder, but not a number six. We want a versatile midfielder. So the idea of bringing in Amrabat, I just don't think makes sense. Now, add into that the fact that we've already... Uh, closed that door according to the media it was Inter Milan was it yes thank you chat right before I move on to go into the rest of today's uh, transfer talk and there is a good bit to go through I just want to give a shout out once again uh, to our sponsors Oosh.com, the home of giveaways you can see the Oosh logo on the screen there now you'll also see a little QR code underneath it if you scan that, that will bring you to the Oosh website. And this week's Liverpool giveaway, because remember, they are the home of giveaways, is Liverpool versus Everton. Two tickets in the cup, October 21st. If you haven't been to a Merseyside derby before, they're brilliant. I'm fortunate enough to have been to a couple of them. Uh, two seats together in the cup as part of this draw that they're doing. It's a 15 euro entry, 13.50 for you guys with your AA10 Anfield Agenda discount. One night's accommodation in Liverpool City Centre Hotel at the Apart Hotel Adagio. 300 euro Ryanair voucher or you can take the cash alternative. And again, the draw closes... Uh, Thursday 31st of October and the draw is 10pm live on their Facebook page as they do with all of their draws as well. Another great draw Oosh have this week is a 2021 Golf, a 2021 Audi A5 and 20 grand in cash. Not too shabby, right? Two whips and 20 Gs in cash. Entry price, 15 euro, but not for you guys. 13.50 with your AA10 and fill in the discount. Thank you to Oosh as always, the home of giveaways. Uh, Craig, would you consider the team tweeting out when you're doing live and more shows? Are you going to be live for deadline day? So, 
I think our schedule is pretty straightforward, Neville, most nights at 8.30. Deadline day, yes. Um, I'm going to probably... I'm still humming and hawing about the exact time for deadline day. Probably going to go from 6 p.m. right through till midnight, probably, on Friday. But yes, I will be live on deadline day. It'll be all hands to the pump. Um. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Gary and Connor will be working away in the background. So yeah, transfer deadline day, definitely. With regards to a schedule, we used to put one in the Discord group, um... And I'm sure we could probably figure out something to put on the community tab of the YouTube channel. But uh, appreciate your your input on that one. And I will definitely keep it in mind, mate. Thank you. Uh, right, where are we at? Let's have a look. So, centre-back. 77% of you guys think we need to send her back over a midfielder. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, somebody gifted 10 subs. So, let me... I think Chris gifted 10 subs. Yeah, there it is at the top. One second. Yeah, Chris gifted 10 Anfield Agenda memberships. Chris, you big, dirty ledge bag. Absolute legend, mate. Thank you so much. That is so generous of you. Another super chat that I missed came in from Costello Drums. I think Trent in a six alongside another DM, which we need, would be great in the future. Alonso role, deep midfielder. Only problem is we'd need a new right back. We would, and we'd also need to remove one of our attacking players because if we're playing with a double pivot in the six we're only going to have one advanced midfield role so uh you're then kind of struggling to get game time from McAllister and Sobitzlai and as you've said we probably need another right back as well do you think we'll sign somebody said Rory I do Rory but I'm at a loss mate as to why again it's this late and what we're at like there's still all this waffle about needing this versatile midfielder. But we've had lists and lists and lists of players from the start of the window. Kone, Thuram, still sitting around, scratching their nuts, waiting to see if Liverpool come back. Decore, how long have we been speaking about Liverpool's apparent interest is now in Czech Decore? But every day that goes by, the price is going to get more expensive because Crystal Palace simply aren't going to be able to replace them. 
Polina, again, he's already back playing, so we're clearly not going to do anything there. I'm just frustrated. Because if yesterday doesn't do two things, I don't know what will. Thing one, it should give everybody some belief that with a couple more additions, this group could be capable of something special. So there's a there's moments in the season where sometimes your your trajectory can change. And yesterday, 70 minutes, 75 minutes into that game, we were staring down the barrel of four points from nine. And that being a terrible start to the league campaign and us again playing catch-up. We're now sitting here with seven points out of nine, a victory away at St. James's Park, a moral-enhancing victory, a morale-enhancing victory, um, a point away at Stamford Bridge, which at the end of the season will probably look like a decent result. So that could be a catalyst for us to push on. And it's certainly given the fan base a bit more enthusiasm and perkiness. And if you follow that up with a couple of signings, FSG could be on the pigs back here. They could have fans back on side a lot more than they have now. But it also showed us how thin our squad is. Because Canade was out and Verge is now suspended. And we're already sitting here crying about centre-backs. And this is three games in. So positives and negatives to be shown up from yesterday's result. And again, it just makes us fans feel like we've seen yesterday again. We're not a million miles away from being where we want to be. And dare I say it, a couple more signings and I think we're in a title race. Look, City are the favourites, no doubt about it. But right now, we're tied with Arsenal on seven points. You will consider Arsenal in a title race or certainly potential title challengers. And we've had a more difficult start. And if we can navigate a game against Aston Villa before the international break on Sunday and pick up three points there, you're off to a pretty good start with some very difficult games out of the way already early in the season. So it just makes me more frustrated that apparently our owners are too dumb, ignorant, stuck in their ways, cheap, whatever you want to use, to really push for success. Because that league title's there this season. Manchester City are not going to be the Manchester City of previous years. Kevin De Bruyne is going to be a huge loss for them. And even when he's back, I don't think we'll see him have a consistent run because Father Time's catching up with him. Those injuries are getting more and more. And I think I think the league title's there for someone. Look how lucky they were to pick up a 2-1 win away against Sheffield United. They're not the same team. And if we can get out to a good start, anything could be possible. Surely that's what these owners would want. Surely. Stephen Warnock for Sky Sports has just said he believes Caicedo bid was basically to keep the Liverpool fans happy. Called it a PR stunt. If it was a PR stunt, I hope that Liverpool fans react accordingly. Um... Even I, at the time of that bid, didn't believe it was a PR stunt because I refused to believe two things. One, they were that bad, that devious, that shitty. And two, I refused to believe that we would have put the bid in if we didn't have a positive feedback from the player side that he was open to the move. So if that was a bait and switch, then we we need to really, really start making some noise as fans. Because that's the lowest of the low. You know, that's up there with selling our history and tradition for the Super League. Just basically 
manipulating us again. And fair play, if Stephen Warnock said that, and look, I've no reason to doubt you for putting it into the chat, fair play to him, because more people need to start speaking out against John W. Henry. And Kara's done it on a few occasions, but I'd like to see more. Like, remember the John Barnes bollocks? Remember John Barnes telling the rest of us to support these owners, um, or we're not real Liverpool fans, basically? I remember that. I'll never, ever forget those words coming out of his mouth. Because I backed it up by saying, if he was in that dressing room, in his playing days, there's no way he'd have been coming out with that nonsense. Because he would have been demanding better. He would have been demanding players to come in and help them. So, I think it's important we as fans keep note of who, who's drinking the Kool-Aid. Because there are some people that are definitely towing the company line in the media. Um, and it's disgusting because they're putting their own interests, their own self-serving agendas above what's good for the club. And they will argue to you that keeping the status quo and not ruffling feathers is what's good for the club. Bullshit. Calling the owners out for the cheap clowns that they are. Demanding that a once-in-a-generation manager get supported is what fans want. And it's what we should be all aiming towards. So, whoever they are, and I'm, you know, I'll call out, I don't like calling out other fan channels or other fan content creators because it just seems petty when I do it. You all know who's Team FSG and who isn't. No, you don't need me to tell you. But they need to be held to account because these people profess to have the best interests of the club and of its fans at heart. And the best interests of the club are served by winning trophies. That is it. Liverpool Football Club exists to win trophies. It's not to blow smoke up John W. Henry's arse or stay in tight with the owner so you get a little ambassador role. It's to do the goddamn right thing, speak your mind, speak honestly, and look out for what is actually best for the club. And that's winning stuff. Not supporting the owners, not showing up and paying for your season tickets week in and week out and getting substandard squads handed to you even though you're paying top whack for it. That's not good enough. We deserve better. What fan channel? Did you just not fucking hear me, Luke? Was I not clear enough when I said I'm not calling out other fan channels? Was that not straightforward enough for you? I don't do this, you poke and I jump on other fan channel shit. You know who they are. We all know who they are. You don't need me to tell you. If you don't know, go research it. What do I think of Musiala? He's amazing, James. But there's no way Bayern are letting him go. Did you... Actually, off topic a little bit. Did you guys see that there was... Um, I think it was Jurgen Klinsmann said that Harry Kane, now that he's at Bayern, could potentially uh, win a Ballon d'Or. I, I don't know if, if he's mad about that or if he's spot on. What do you think? Is there a chance that Harry Kane at Bayern could win a Ballon d'Or? Um... He's certainly better place to do it than he would have been at Spurs. He, you know, he's going to win the Bundesliga most likely, and you know, Bayern could go deep in the Champions League. It just got me thinking: is he mad, or is there something to it? Um, Russian Honey Badger, welcome to Anfield Agenda FC. Uh, 
a lot of people saying Harry Kane no chance sometimes as a non-English person I look at the reaction of English people towards other English athletes and it baffles me like I don't think Kane gets anywhere near enough respect for how good he is and how many goals he scores and it baffles me because if he was Irish I tell you what I wouldn't be letting you hear the end of it and Lewandowski came close to a Ballon d'Or and I would argue that Harry Kane has a better chance of success with his national team than Robert Lewandowski had of course with with Poland so I would say if you want to kind of double down on it and go he could have success with Bayern England could do something at the Euros so I don't think it's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard Uh, Kane is solid wish we signed him a few years back Kane is is a natural goal scorer I don't like Kane the fella I I think I, I can't stand listening to him but he is just an assassin in the penalty area. Like the man scores goals for fun. And I was so scared that United were going to sign him. Because that would have really propelled United back into serious contenders. But thankfully now, not only did United not sign him, but we needn't have to worry about Harry Kane. And tell me that when you went to your FPL team, you weren't going, oh, hang on a minute. So it's Haaland now and then a big drop down to the next striker. Because there isn't a whole plethora of top-level strikers in the Premier League now. Do you think there's a possibility of signing a defender or another midfield for the window closes? 100%. But another day has gone by. And as each hour at this point goes by, the likelihood of us getting this additional signing or two diminishes. Because as you can see there in the yellow bar on our screen... There's four days, one hour, 20 minutes and 28 seconds left until this window slams shut on Friday at 11pm. And medicals need to take place. Negotiations obviously need to take place. And right now, it's very quiet. Is that quietness because we're doing something? That's what we hope, right? But we don't know. So do you think? do you guys think we're working on something now? Because... If I'm being honest, I do. I don't know of it. I have no information you don't have. But my gut feeling tells me that this quiet period is because we're doing something. And I would expect something to come out in the next day or two. Um, That's my own gut feeling. But it's not based off anything I, I know that you don't know. Nunes is the dude, Craig. Yes, they felt like... Paisley had a word in Rushy's ear. Oh, he was so good. Like, that's the Darwin that we're capable of getting. And for his sake, I hope he always feels like he has a point to prove like he did yesterday because that was that was a cameo to end all cameos from Darwin yesterday. That was, I have a point to prove. Give me the damn ball and I'm putting it in the net. Um, yeah, that was brilliant from Darwin. What do you think about Adi Amy from Dortmund? I think he'd be great. Yeah, didn't we look at Adi Amy though when he went from Salzburg? Am I again? Am I imagining this, or was an Adi Amy somebody we considered before he went to Dortmund? Um, but he wanted to go to Dortmund. Kareem Adi Amy would be fine with me to sign. No problem about the young man. He's a, he's a great player. 
Ambrogino Sakaziga? Sekaziga? Yeah, I hope that was somehow not butchering your name, mate, but thank you. You asked me to say your name, I tried. Um, do you think Salah goes? Yes, I do. Um, again, I'm not basing this off that, and I know you don't know. My feeling on the whole Salah situation, and the reason that I think he's going to go, is the lack of a denial. And you could say to me, well, Craig, you don't need to deny it, you know? They can just keep stumb, go about their business, continue to be professional and work. And why should he or his agent have to respond to these things all the time? And that's fair enough. But he responded previously when there was far less intensity behind the interest and the the offer that was going to be put forward. Now, apparently, the offer's been doubled from the wage perspective and I, I just I can't get past the lack of a denial from Rami Abbas coming out because we know he loves to wind people up on social media we've seen them putting laughing emojis before when Liverpool were negotiating with Salah and we've seen both sides of them we've seen him rubbishing the first story we've seen him winding fans up but for him to be so quiet it, it un, unnerves me, to be honest with you. Because I, I believe that he has... No, not I believe. How do I say this? I can believe that he has agreed to a package. In my head, I can, I can imagine a scenario where the lure of a lot of money, maybe his own team afterwards, because there was some talk about him getting his own club at the end of it, kind of like the opportunity that uh, Beckham had when he went over to the MLS and eventually ended up into Miami. So, yeah, that's why I think we'll leave him, or we'll, we'll lose him, sorry. One second. Just gonna read something here, sorry. So the president of Alithi had, and again, full credit to Dave O'Cop, by the way, if you want to check out his site, this is where this was from. Um so Anmar Elali, the Al Ithihad president, was asked tonight if his team were going to sign Mohamed Salah and he didn't give a direct response but his facial expressions according to this piece were uh, those of a man who seemed to have given up on the deal. So take from that what you will. I hope that's right. I hope he has given up on it because none of us want to lose Mo. Um, but if they'd given up on it, I would also have expected the likes of Fabrizio to have made that be known that they've given up. Am I staying on until 10.30? Um, I hadn't really given it much thought. Up to you. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Want me to stay on until 10.30? Up to you. Happy to finish at 10 or happy to carry on? 
next summer. Oh, next summer, Magnus, 100%, I, I see Mo going. Like, that was the natural end to his time at Liverpool, I think. Um, yeah, I think next summer it would suit everyone. But I'm worried if... I'm worried the lack of succession planning, if I'm being really blunt about it. Because we haven't exactly planned remarkably well for this midfield revamp. Right, we'll stay on till half ten. No problem. Right, back to the notes. One second. So, Gerald Kwanzaa was speaking about uh, his debut for Liverpool, competitive debut, and he said, you don't expect to make your debut away with 10 men at St. James's Park, 1-0 down, so it's hard to put into words at this minute. I think the young man can be very proud of his debut, and hopefully we uh, we see this as the start of uh, Gerald Kwanzaa's breakthrough at Liverpool from a first-team perspective. What do you think of Thomas Arujo from Benfica? Said Lamar. Mate, I'm not going to lie to you. Or Elmar, sorry. I've got no idea about him. No idea. I have very, very limited knowledge of Benfica. And uh, what's going on there. Especially since they lost Gonzalo Ramos to PSG and we bought Darwin. Don't really keep up to date with Benfica, to be honest. Um, More had been keeping an eye on sporting, if anything. Because of the likes of Ugarte... Inacio and other players who've been linked with so sorry mate I don't want about them Craig what do you think of our comeback against Liverpool hmm you mean you must mean the comeback against Newcastle oh well I disagree with Jurgen Klopp let me say that Klopp said to him this was I don't know if he said better, bigger, more satisfying. I don't know what phrase he used. But he basically put it above the Barcelona comeback. I'm not in that camp. It was amazing. But that Barcelona comeback, nah, that was it for me. That was peak. Because you had Suarez, Messi, Coutinho, former Liverpool players. um, Two of them who were there and getting a taste of what it feels like to be on the receiving end of an Anfield comeback. You had the greatest player to ever grace the pitch in Leo Messi. We were without our superstar, Mohamed Salah. No Firmino. Robbo, I think, went off injured, if I'm not mistaken. Nothing. I, I don't think anything will ever go above that Barcelona comeback for me. Because the first game we lost 3-0. But it was never, ever, 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 ever a 3-0 game. We were the better team in the new Camp. And I still don't know how we lost 3-0. But I don't put it above that. Yesterday was great. But you're talking about the latter stages of the European Cup and not being able to concede a single goal to an attack that had Messi, Suarez, I, I just don't see it on the same level, to be fair. He said harder. Again, I disagree. I disagree. I think coming back from 3-0 down on aggregate, not being able to concede once is harder. But look, the two great nights that we won't forget in a hurry, which is uh, good to be able to say. And the tits came out for Barcelona, so it's clear, said Colin. Well, we hadn't even gone down that route yet, Colin. You're very you're very correct. The the moves came out for Barca, so maybe Jurg was just not thinking about that when he when he gave the comparison. 
So here's what the Athletic wrote about what Liverpool are looking to do at the end of the window. Because the Athletic, uh, they have a segment at the minute where they go through every single Premier League club and they list what they need to do between now and the end of the window. And this is a bit of an excerpt from what they said about Liverpool. Liverpool would like to sign another multifunctional midfielder, uh, but their search for a defence-minded number six is now over. If another central player who can mix guts and guile is sourced, then Liverpool will be satisfied with their business. So that's a little a little excerpt from what the Athletic were saying. Uh, again, to go for a bit of a strange one, Lekeep have said that Joe Matip is a target for Stad Ron if they lose Arthur Thiete, who, interestingly enough, has been linked with Liverpool. So um, surely if Liverpool are really interested in Thiete, something could be done there where Matip goes one direction and he comes in the other particularly because Joel will be a free agent at the end of this campaign. He at the moment statement, yeah, it could have been. It could have been, mate. And look, he was buzzing. And that was so good to see. Like, the elation on Jurgen Klopp's face yesterday at the end of that game. And then Alisson and uh, Darwin, I mean, just inject it. Inject it. Like, just beautiful beaming smiles um and i don't care what anybody says there was defo a little bit of needle between both sets of the coaching teams it carried on obviously from last season and tyndall giving a billy big bollocks with the uh, shush only added to it the fact that we beat them again and um we seem to just have newcastle's number and i love it Sorry, Craig, didn't mean that. Only tuned in. Lukey boy, all good, man. We don't fall out, Luke. It's all right, man. We don't have to agree um, on everything, Luke. And you weren't in any way disrespectful or anything, mate. So don't you worry about it, sir. Appreciate your super chat and all, but all good, Lukey. All good. Uh, why not sign Kavaricellia? Look, if you're asking me for two straight Mohamed Salah replacements that I'd like, Kavaracelli and Raphaelio are the top two. Um, and again, yes, I'm well aware that Raphaelio plays on the left for AC Milan, but they'd be top of my list if I was looking for you know players to look at to replace Mohamed Salah. But I would suggest that they're already a little bit too established for us to go for them. Uh, remember when we signed Mo? Yes, he was doing well at Roma, but... He wasn't thought about in the same type of terms as you look back now and see the likes of a Rafa Leo and the breakthrough he's made there and a new contract he signed at AC Milan. And Cavaricelli obviously would be linked to Real Madrid and many other clubs. And I think Cavaricelli or his agent has already said that he is a Madrista and he wants that move someday. So there is that as well. And of course you would pay... I mean, I, I don't even know. Dare guess what you'd have to pay to sign Cavaricelli or Raffaello. Um, not aware of either player having a bio clause, but they may have. What midfielder would you go for? Mm. Kone or Thuram. Yeah, I mean, you can say to me it's lazy because they're players we've been linked with, but they're both versatile. They're both athletic. They both have the guile that the athletic were speaking about. And 
for all the assets we do have in midfield, we have a lot of press-resistant midfielders, a lot of technically proficient midfielders, a lot of midfielders who are very adept at pressing. But we don't really have a big, horrible bastard in midfield. And Endo is a different type of DM, not a big swashbuckling bruiser. So I would like somebody in midfield over six foot, um, young, agile, physical, uh, Bellingham-esque, dare I say. So yeah, for me, Kone, Thuram, fit the mold. Decore, I'm, I'd still be okay with Decore. Um, but yeah, that, they'd be the two for me. Oh, I take the core rate. Don't get me wrong. I just, um, I, I, I like the idea of why we were linked to those players in the first place, particularly with Thuram. And with Thuram, you look at a couple of things. His injury track record's phenomenally good. His pedigree, obviously, with the family he comes from, is top notch. And I've said this before as well. If he's coming from Nice to, to Anfield, he knows about a tasty atmosphere because Nice and some of those games against the likes of Marseille and that, it can be raucous in those games. So I don't see him as being a player who'd ever be intimidated or would shrink underneath the atmosphere at Anfield. So there's a lot of reasons that I admire Kefren Thuram. And I would like us to almost go full circle in this window and end up finishing the window with a player who'd been linked with from the very start. Thuram is too forward thinking. I don't think he is. As I said, I was watching him last night playing for uh, Nice against Lyon. And I wouldn't say he was too forward thinking. He certainly wasn't a deep-lying midfielder. But he was, was occupying a fairly central role in the midfield. And I, I just like him. I like him. If the value was there, if you can get him for a fairly reasonable price, I'd say get him. Do I like Frimpong from Bayer Leverkusen? Yes, but this is going to sound really weird, right? I don't want to break up that Bayer Leverkusen team too much because I want Xavi Alonso to do well. Now, I know I want Hincapia and, you know, I think maybe replacing a centre-back's a bit easier than replacing these attacking players, but they're so easy on the eye to watch, that, uh, that Leverkusen team. What about Barella and put Slobosly on the wing? I mean, a couple of things. One, you're not getting a Barella deal done this late in the window now. Inter are not going to have that. Um, so that's just a non-starter. Before we signed Endo, you could maybe make an argument for bringing in somebody who's 27, 28 years of age. But now that we've you know, brought in a 30-year-old midfielder, I think somebody 19 to 23 is far more likely. Do I like good music? Of course. Yeah, that sweet soul music. Yeah, yeah. Now that song's in my head. Yeah, yeah, that sweet soul music. Yeah, yeah. Why not Sangar? Um, I'm not convinced by Sangar, to be honest. And I keep saying this, but there must be a reason nobody's triggered that release clause. I know PSG, I'm not sure if they're still interested, but... He's available and nobody's triggering that release clause. And there must be a reason for it. And I can't think of what that reason might be. But 
it seems almost too good of a deal. Kone has massive injury problems. Yes, he has missed something like 100 days in the past 365. And he won't even be back until after the international break from the injury picked up of the under-21 Euros. Craig, would you rather Liverpool win the league or one night with Darwizzi? Well, my one night with Darwizzi would uh, end up with both of us in prison probably for a very uh, over-the-top celebration. So I'm going to say Liverpool to win the league. Do I like the five subs rule? Yes, I do. Because somebody has to look out for the welfare of the players. And games are just getting more and more frequent. And the Club World Cup's going to be expanded. So, and international breaks are just taking the piss. So, yeah, I do. I do think the five substitution rule, although I didn't initially like it, I am glad it stayed because it at least gives you a chance to refresh and give players a, bre a breather. Sangar has all the grace of Mamadou Sacco if he was walking on his hands, said Reza. There you go. As I said, he's, it's an easy deal to make, so there must be a reason why nobody's gone in there and triggered that release clause. Matthias Nunch looks good, does he? The same Matthias Nunch that we were all sitting here saying he was shy last season? Um, does he suddenly look good now because Manchester City are, are after him? Is that why we're suddenly re revisiting the Matthias Nunch stuff? Uh, but to be fair to Pep Guardiola, he was bigging up Matthias Nunch when he was at Sporting before he um, he even came to the Premier League. So not really a big surprise to see him maybe look at him as a, an alternative to the kid from uh, West Ham, Paqueta, who could have a bit of a potential uh, situation on his hands with that betting investigation. What's your gut feeling about the coming days? Because they're vital for our season. I'm not optimistic. It's going to tell us everything we need to know, Daz, about the owners and the ambition. Because yesterday showed us what's possible. Um, and it showed us that we've got a, a good group of lads who have fight in them. Especially the new lads, like McAllister, Sobitzloy. Very impressive to see. So if that doesn't spur these owners on to think, do you know what? Give Jürgen another player or two and there could be another Premier League on the horizon. If that doesn't do it, then they deserve everything that comes their way with regards to ridicule, um, pressure, fan revolt. Yeah. And also, if that 111 million offer was for Caicedo was bullshit, ooh, that's um, snidiness of a, yeah, of a particularly bad level. Douglas Louise good enough for you? Um, no, not versatile enough for me. And I would suggest that he signed that new deal with Villa last year. So probably going to be, if you wanted him last January was the time to get him. If the owners don't didn't get goosebumps yesterday, they're heartless and soulless, said Daniel. Well, we know... Linda Putizzi or Pulitzi or Pudit I can never pronounce that lady's surname, apologies. Um Linda was certainly very happy as she was posting about the result yesterday, so um they obviously 
were happy with with the win. But as you said, yeah, if it doesn't if it doesn't inspire them to push on, yeah, I don't know what will because. I still say what I said two weeks ago. That league title's there for somebody to take off Manchester City this year. If somebody has the fortune to get off to a good start and put that pressure back on Pep's shoulders, I think somebody could win the Premier League and stop City from winning it for, what, the fourth in a row? Pizzuti. Is that is it Pizzuti? I can never pronounce her surname. Um... Yes, yeah, so apologies on that, but yes. Anyway, Linda was certainly um, celebrating the win yesterday. Who's Linda? John W. Henry's wife, mate. City are going to make a big splash, yeah. I think. Well, they've signed Guardiola. They look to bring in Paqueta. Obviously, that's gone by the wayside. They're now apparently exploring Matthias Nunch. Um. But look, they're there to be gotten at. They just don't strike the same fear into me as they did previously. They just look like a winning machine in recent years. Now, they look gettable. Uh, Steve Haig, welcome to Anfield Agenda FC, mate. Appreciate your support. Thank you. Any news coming out? Not yet, but if anything comes in to me, of course, I will let you guys know. We'll be here till half ten, so... You know, it's usually in the latter part of the half hour that you'd see these stuff start to come out. They got Jeremy Doku as well, yes, and Mateo Kovacic. Um, it's like a bit of tiff for a tap because I know for a fact they wanted Sobotsly. I said this to you guys before. And we got Sobotsly. Then they've gone in and got Jeremy Doku, who's a player that we've been linked to for many years. And... Now, Matthias Nunch is another one that we've both been linked to. How much would Saka cost? Saka wouldn't want to leave Arsenal to come to Liverpool at the minute. And you can't blame him. Like, not because we're not better than them or as good as them, but because he's very settled. He's very highly regarded. He's in the Champions League. He's playing for his club. He's got 350 grand a week contract. And Arsenal just wouldn't sell him because their fans would rightly cause mayhem so Saka's done and dusted like Martinelli I wouldn't say no to Martinelli either Matthias Nunes has gone on strike yeah somebody Tracy said that he was refusing to train or something like that what about Yamal from Barca don't know I haven't watched anything of them so no idea I'll be just pulling out another youngster's name was Gabri and um, Pedri uh, I don't know I don't know anything about him mate but again we don't buy off Barcelona would you take Amrabat for 20 million no not the right type of player for now before Endo yes now no would I have taken Kovacic god yes yeah and I, I said it before, I owed him an apology. When Kovacic came from Madrid to Chelsea, I thought it was a stupid signing and I didn't get it. But when I watched them play and appreciate how good he is, yes, I think it was a very astute piece of business by Pep Guardiola at Manchester City to sign him after losing Gundogan. Get Douglas Luiz. 
Nah, you're all right. Pass. Joe Felix will be an interesting one. Joe Felix is definitely an interesting one. And when I seen a link to us with Joe Felix yesterday as a potential Salah replacement, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't allow myself to think about that possibility for a minute or two. Although very, very uncomparable player in the way that he plays could be a damn good player in the right manager's hands. Like, I, I'll never understand why he went from Benfica to Atleti. It just seemed like the strangest signing. I have a feeling Ange Postacoglu will be our next manager if he does well at Spurs. Um, he started off very well, Ange Postacoglu, and there's a lot to like about him, all right? I think Robertson should be dropped and Simicus put on from. Why? Simicus is worse. I get what you mean about Robertson, um, Grim Reaper, maybe not being at the level he has been in previous years, but I, I thought Robertson did okay against Newcastle and certainly feel more comfortable with Andy Robertson on the pitch than Costa Simicus. Opinion on United if they get Qatari ownership. I, I mean, I said the same thing, Alex, over and over again. It's just going to become a pissing contest. If Qatar own United, if Abu Dhabi own Man City, and Saudi Arabia own Newcastle, it's just going to become a, a pissing contest between rich countries. And no business can compete with that because jeopardy, as I keep saying. There's no jeopardy for a country losing a couple of hundred million or a billion because a country's GDP can absolutely cope with that. But a private business entity, it's just... I, I, I hate state ownership of football clubs. Any state ownership. Don't care what part of the world it is. Don't care if it's my own country. I don't want countries owning football clubs because... Football should be above politics, above all of this bollocks and... I especially detest seeing football clubs used as sports washing entities to act as a PR uh, campaign for a country who want to change the interpretation of how the world sees them. Do I think Darwin would be better than Haaland? Probably not, but if he's even 70% is good, that would be amazing. He's a very different type of player to Haaland. Like, he's got more attributes to his game than Haaland has. But Haaland is far more clinical than Darwin is. But Darwin can do a lot more for the team than Haaland does for City. Any news on the stadium? Not that I've seen, Lee. No, no update on um, when it will be fully opened, the Any Road end. Still... Trying to wait and see how delayed it could be. Haaland sits and scores while Nunes works all around. Look, Nunes definitely brings a lot more to a team um, with what he can do. What do I think of Camavinga? I think he's extraordinary. So versatile. So good. So effortless really 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 Ray Camavinga uh, 
Uh, Haaland just sits and scores. We've done that one already. Um, would you replace Matip? Who would you replace Matip and Gomez with? Um, this is a couple of a couple of uncertainties there because obviously we've got Sepp Vandenberg who's out on loan. We've got Gerald Kwanzaa coming through. So Matip. Matip's going to be gone at the end of the season. So I guess the question is going to be, is Gerald Kwanzaa going to be his replacement in the squad? And if so, which I'm fine with, you'd still want to bring in another centre-back for me. So I don't know who the replacements will be, but again, I like Hincapia. I'd like to get Hincapia right now. No, there's no news coming in yet. Uh, if there was, I would tell you. Um, I've just asked my lads, is there anything coming in? And they're saying, nope, it's quiet. So, the quieter it gets, the more nervous I get, as well as weirdly optimistic, because clock's ticking. Tomorrow's Tuesday, window closes Friday, and every hour that goes by makes me feel more and more nervous, because if these owners don't step up and address this squad before Friday at 11... I think they're going to see a backlash the likes of which they haven't yet had at Anfield. Um, because everybody can see that the foundations of a great squad is there. But we're not complete. And it's criminal that we are going to see another season with Jurgen Klopp as manager that he hasn't got a full squad. It's criminal. Because we're never going to have a better manager. We're never going to have somebody that we think is highly of or we're as confident in signing players of as Klopp. And if these spoofers, charlatans, cheapskates, wafflers don't pony up the dough, what credibility have they got left? This has been promised. Big window promised all year by everybody. Media briefed, everybody. No stone left unturned, yada, yada, yada. And again... Whatever else happens, eight out and three in doesn't lie. They're the numbers. Eight players have left, three players in. That's not a rebuild. That's not adding squad depth. That's just bullshit yet again. And Schmadke should be given the P45 immediately. Like, let's not even discuss this lad staying on past the end of the window. He should be gone. And we should get a new sporting director in. Because I don't know what the fuck El Georgie Porgy Pudding and Pie has been doing. Other than triggering release clauses. And going in for a player Klopp knew about already. In Endo. Who would have crawled over broken glass. That you or I could have made that deal. So again. Where's the succession planning? They, I, I feel like the owners have just lost interest. To some extent. In anything other than the bottom line. Like, if they see Liverpool continuing to grow in value and getting away with what they're doing, I don't think they're going to give a shit. Because they don't give a shit about the Red Sox, and that's their home club. And they're not really doing anything to try and keep them competitive, are they? So, if they're in expansion mode and they want to start buying up other assets, it's just going to make us an even bigger afterthought, I guess. My friend called me a fake Liverpool fan today. Mate, I get called a fake Liverpool fan multiple times a day on various platforms, so don't worry about it. Um, 
yeah, I wouldn't worry about it, mate. I mean, I don't know what a fake fan is. You either support the club or you don't, like, but... How's my fantasy team doing? Oh, Mason, I had a horrendous week. I had oh, such a bad week, man. I think I only got, like, 43 or something like that this week. Yeah, not happy with it. It's obvious they don't care, said Xbox Dan. It makes you angry, doesn't it? Because we can see what's possible. I don't know, lads. I, I'm, I can't wait for them to go and leave the club. I'm sick to death of listening to the bollocks around FSG and the false dawns and the close but not close enough and... It's it's disgusting. Honestly, it, it's it's just one, in my opinion, one lie after another. There's always a narrative spun about why the money hasn't been spent. Whether it's the wage bill being high, or players not being available, or deals being difficult to do. Any other, just excuse after excuse after excuse. But not enough action. And if we end up with Klopp at the club for 11 years and he's won one of everything by the time he leaves, then that is an absolute indictment of how bad they are as owners. Because if he was given the tools to really compete, if he was given the budget Ten Hag has had or Arteta has had, we'd be in a different position right now. And you can tell us we're not comparable to Manchester United financially or to Real Madrid financially, but don't tell me we're not comparable to an Aston Villa financially or we're not comparable to an Arsenal financially. That's this narrative of us having no money and this line of, you know, spending within our means. It's just bullshit. It's just an excuse for them to get away with not putting their hand in their pocket. How do I get invited to your show for a Q&A? I'm getting all my fellow South African fans to join the agenda. We'd love to have you in South Africa. Mate, I'd love to go to South Africa. You get me a venue in South Africa to come and do a live show in, Nevelyn, and I promise you, myself and Connor will be on the first plane over to South Africa to do that show because ever since I was a kid, I've been fascinated with the idea of visiting South Africa because with my dad, I think I've told you this before, I watched many uh, World's Strongest Man from Sun City in South Africa and I've always been fascinated and my psychologist that I see every Thursday is a South African man as well so he often fills me in on um on some of the good things to do over in South Africa so you sort me a, a, a 200 seat or venue even and I'm there dude I'm there I promise you would you let Gomez go to Saudi for money oh, tough question Yeah, I would. I would. Because I believe more in Kwanzaa already than I do in Joe. And it's not hard to find centre-backs. So, look, probably replacing them before the window closes would be a push. But let's say we got Joe Gomez money and we could go out there and buy Hincapia or somebody else. Yes, do it without a shadow of a doubt. Because... I can't imagine Gomez being a regular starter for us again. I just, I don't see it. He, he goes through too many phases of 
really good performances and then reminders of why he switches off sometimes or he's very unfortunate with injuries. So yeah, for big money, I would sell Joe Gomez. Where's your next holiday destination? Um, I'm going away in October to Spain for nine days during the October international break. So yeah, not too glamorous, but next year we're gonna have a big family holiday somewhere. I just don't know if it's gonna be America or elsewhere. But yeah, this year, just a quiet one over to Spain. said before this season make or break for Gomez he's 26 now I just don't see the make um, sometimes I just feel like players careers are run at certain clubs and I think Joe's grand to have around don't get me wrong I'm not certainly looking to sell Joe Gomez but you know a big money offer if it was a big money offer I mean I'd take it am I going to Benidorm no we're going to um Somewhere that's kind of in between Mercy and Alicante. We're considering the Dominican Republic. Nice. Yeah, I think I've always wanted to go to Texas. So it'll probably be Florida or Texas next year for the family holiday. Um, been to Florida like five or six times. So Texas is somewhere I've really, really, really wanted to visit. So... Yeah, but I'm deadly serious about South Africa, by the way, my friend. If you sort something out and you can get people to event, even if it's like a pub and there's supporters groups, no problem. I'm more than happy to do these things. Same with anybody in England or anybody in Spain or any other country. If you've got a group of supporters clubs and you want to have Anfield Agenda over for a live watch along or anything, we'll do it. That's what we're about. I want these experiences of meeting my fellow fans, of... Uh, I've seen how other people digest football and see how people support Liverpool. It fascinates me. So I'm always open to these type of traveling little events. Texas is great. Check out Hill Country, lots of German beer houses. Just fascinated with, um, with the food really in Texas. I won't lie to you. Right, folks, I'm not going to hang around because it's quiet and there's not much point in me keeping you guys on here for the next 10 minutes while nothing's coming out and I'm not getting sent anything, so it must be pretty quiet. Now, I am going to record a transfer news video in the next 15 minutes once I've had a look through the papers, so do keep an eye out for that coming up. Also, I recorded the tactical analysis breakdown of the Newcastle game for members that is now up in the membership section of the YouTube channel so if you're a member check it out and let me know what you think and also please do check out yesterday's squad battle which is a new segment that we've added to our post-match content on the channel uh, and it's something we'll be doing moving forward who takes over from FSG Anfield Agenda obviously Robert obviously me and Crosby are going to uh, buy Liverpool with all this wads of cash we have I don't know, mate. Probably another investment firm or hopefully a rich billionaire like Steve Ballmer or somebody who uh, will come in and actually care about the club. Come to Miami Beach. I've been there on a couple of occasions, James. Uh, went on a cruise from Miami for my honeymoon. So, been to Miami a few times. Right, look. 
I will see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place, half past eight, right here. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button, drop a like on the video before you head off. We're almost at a thousand likes, so do hit the like button before you head off. And um, yeah, much love. We'll check out the papers and we'll put up a video in the next 10 minutes or so. Until then, see you guys tomorrow. Much love. Thank you as always for your support and uh, have yourselves a lovely evening. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.